Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, where we've been looking at one of the greatest promises in all of the Bible. And we're also going to uh, give you a few things to write down that you can write down or take a screenshot if you want to. But uh, we're just going to dive in and, and kind of go deeper in this verse, uh, the actual verse. And let me look at you this morning. It's so good to be together. It, it feels like it's been a crazy start to this new year, and I just love seeing your smiling faces and being together. Uh, I can't see you on a, at home online or wherever you're watching from, but uh, so glad that you're with us as well. I just believe that God has a good word for us this morning, and he's taking us into a new year, and he is our help, and he is our strength, and he has tremendous promises in his word, and so we're going to look at that today. I'm going to ask you a question as we begin, and it's this. Do you belong to the world, or do you belong to God? Well, you could say, well, I, I belong to God, because I got up early on a very cold Sunday morning, came to church, or I tuned in online, and of course I belong to God, but I want you to think about it. I want to think, just think about your daily life. Think about what we go through. Think about how a little criticism can make us angry. Or if, if somebody rejects us, we get depressed. Or if somebody gives us a compliment, that, that raises our spirits a little bit, right? If somebody says something good about us. Or if we have success in life, we, we get excited. That if good things happen to me, I'm up and, and it's good. And when bad things happen to me, I sink very low. And it doesn't take much either way to raise us up or lower us down, and we just kind of go with the flow of life. If good things are happening, we're up, bad things happen, we're down, and it's kind of like being on the ocean in a rowboat, that when the waves come, it just kind of tosses us back and forth, and sometimes we're struggling just to survive through the days hoping there's a little more good than bad, hoping that we don't drown, hoping that uh, we can struggle through and make it. And that's really what it's like when you live according to this world. You are going to struggle every single day with the ways that come your way, but here's the truth. You and I belong to God. We don't belong to this world. We belong to God. And so what Jesus does is it's not... This ocean with the waves going up and down, he's the same one who stood up and said, peace be still. And the winds and the waves, they stopped. And I believe that part of our conversion to Jesus isn't just that he saves us from our sins. Although he does, we are to turn from our sin. We are to turn from this world and turn to him. And when we do, we get our identity and our belonging from God. Matthew 6.33 is our passage. We'll look at it together today. Let the kingdom of heaven and living in relationship with God be your priorities. Then everything else you need will be given to you as well. It's a verse that we've looked at week after week as we've begun the new year. And as we uh, step into the entire year, I wanted to make this verse our verse for the entire year as well. And this verse is actually an equation that I want to put on the screen so that you can understand what God is speaking to us through his word. And he's saying this, make his kingdom a priority, 
plus make your relationship with God a priority, and that equals everything I need is provided. That's the equation in this passage of Scripture. I make his kingdom a priority, I make my relationship with him a priority, and when I do that, that equals I have everything that I need. I mean, that is one of the most amazing promises in God's word, that if I do that, he supplies that. Leonard Sweet said it this way, life falls into place when Jesus gets first place. Isn't that good? Life falls into place when Jesus gets first place. So let's break down this equation today and begin with making his kingdom your priority. Making his kingdom your priority. That's the first step to receive the promise. Make his kingdom your priority. What does that mean to make the kingdom of God your priority? What is the kingdom of God anyway? Well, if you look at the word kingdom, it's actually two words put together. It's king and dominion. King and dominion, that he is the king. Wherever the king has ruling authority, that's his kingdom, right? So the, it's king and dominion. And Jesus isn't looking for a palace built here on earth that in some city, somewhere he has this throne. He wants his dominion to be inside of your heart inside of your life. He wants dominion over you. That's why we say he's the Lord of our life. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage. I want to have my kingdom built inside of you. And when it's built inside of us, it spreads to this world. He wants to build that kingdom in us, but here's the problem. You and I are addicted to our own lordship. We want things our way not his way. We want to do what we want to do. We want to plan our days. We want to plan our schedules. We want to be in charge. And sometimes we say, okay, God, will you bless what I want to do? You know, so we have that prayer, but really we just want to do it our way. But that's not how it works. He says, I want you to put my kingdom as a priority in your life. So the only thing to do on my list this year, our to-do list, should be to make his kingdom a priority. We talked about it last week. No other gods before him. It's his way because life is just too hard without God. We need to make his way, his kingdom, a priority in our hearts. Look at the very first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. They come in Mark chapter 1 and it says, It is time, Jesus said, God's kingdom is now within your reach. Turn away from your lives of sin and believe the good news that you can have a new and better life. The message, the good news, this idea that we turn from our life to his and when we put God first, we receive all of the promises that he gives us. And this verse is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5 through 7. It's right here in chapter 6 and he is saying, These are the kingdom principles by which you live. And he's making this statement saying, you seek first my kingdom and my way and my relationship. And then all you need is given to you as well. He says in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Now when when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come from observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. 
the kingdom of God is within our hearts, that he would have dominion inside of you and inside of me, inside of all of creation. He says, that's what my heart desire is. That's what I want to do. It's not this place or that place, this thing or that thing. It's inside of you that I would rule and reign in your heart. I would establish my throne in you, that I would rule and reign through you. And so we are called to submit our heart to Jesus, that we would submit our ways to him, that we would say, okay, you are the king, and that he would come in and he would live in our heart and and we would be, as John tells us, to abide with him. Because we abide with him, we have everything we need. Apart from him, we can do nothing. That's what the Bible teaches us, that he would have that place in our heart. The problem is Jesus can't rule and reign where there's sin. He can't rule and reign where there's disobedience. And that's why we have to have our hearts with a heart after God, that we turn from our sin. That's the whole message here. Like that when we, you know, remember when John the Baptist came, he says, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus continued that message. You need to repent and turn towards my kingdom. He's saying, turn from your sin. Turn from this world. Turn from doing things your own selfish way and turn towards me. Do things my way. Yield to the rule and the reign of Christ. I believe so many people that I talk to, they're waiting for revival. They know revival's coming. They're waiting for that revival. They're waiting for that promise from God to happen, or they're waiting for God to answer their prayer. They're waiting for God. And sometimes God is waiting for us to yield our heart to him, to make ourselves his dominion, to be committed and surrendered to the king where you say, okay, God, you have my heart. I'll do things your way, and I will give you complete control. He says that first. If you want everything provided, make my kingdom a priority. And then secondly, he says, make your relationship with God a priority. Make your relationship with God a priority. Live in right relationship with God. A lot of translations says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And righteousness is all about that right relationship with God, that we would be clothed in relationship. That God is always with us, or are we with him? Is he at work inside of us? Are we in that relationship, because if I'm in that relationship, I have all the privileges of that relationship. I have all the power of that relationship, all the authority of that relationship, if I'm in right relationship with God. In the New Testament, over 137 times, it tells us that we are in Christ. That's that identifying factor that you and I are in Christ. In the Old Testament, it said this way, that God put his name on somebody or some people, that God put his name on them. And so when we allow God and we're in relationship with him, we are then children of God. We are in Christ taking on his identity. That's why they called the very first followers of Jesus Christians, because they followed Christ. They followed Christ's way. And so we are called to be children of God, created in the image of Christ, righteous, And not righteous on our own, but clothed in his righteousness. And what's beautiful about that idea of being clothed in his righteousness, it's not just a New Testament concept, it's an Old Testament concept as well, that we would be clothed in the righteousness of God. That you and I are the workmanship. We've talked about that last year. I know how much, Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship. That we we are in his hands and he's doing a good work inside of us. He's making us more like Christ because he's created us to do good things 
in his kingdom. And so we see that this is what God is saying in his word. You are in Christ. I am putting my name on you. We don't want to make God into our image. We want to be made into his image. That's what he's talking about, about being in right relationship. In acting, there is a form of acting called method acting. And I know we have a few people that, that do theater here at church, and, and it's that idea of, of getting really deeply into character, that you do something outrageous to, to become the character that you're trying to portray. It's this idea of method acting. And there's been crazy things that actors have done just to play that role. Uh, I heard that Jamie Foxx actually glued his eyes shut to play Ray Charles. I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, that's crazy. Or, or, or different actors. I heard Dustin Hoffman stayed up three days and nights just to film one scene because he, he wanted to be so tired because he was tired in that scene. And so they, he took his body to the, to the nth degree just to perform that scene. Or, <clears throat> or people, you know, they learn different languages to play in a movie. Or they, they lose a bunch of weight or gain a bunch of weight. All these different things that that they're willing to do to become that character, in some cases living as that character for months at a time, this method acting so that they will be that character. I believe that discipleship is method acting. It's that you and I are called to be like Christ. And he's given us a script. The scriptures, right? He's told us, this is how you live your life. This is what you do. You can read the Sermon on the Mount. This is who you are. This is your identity. And so we take on the identity of Christ with this method acting, saying, okay, I don't want to be like me. I want to be like you, Jesus. And you tell me how to live and how to act. And so, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to live in relationship. I'm going to be like you. You have first place in my heart. And so when I give him that dominion of my heart, when I seek first his kingdom, when I'm in right relationship with him, he says, what? The, this is the promise that we receive. The last thing, the re, we receive the promise that I have all that I need. When his kingdom comes first, when he, my relationship with him comes first, I have all that I need. All is taken care of. By Jesus, he makes a, that promise to us, and God keeps his promises. And let me tell you this, the, the ways of this world, the principles of this world, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But in the kingdom, his principles always work. God's principles always work. And so we need to obey. We need to receive. We need to walk in that relationship so that we can have that promise that all we need is found in him. I want to read a passage from C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and I want you to hear these words as we think about God at work in our hearts and lives. He said, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. You knew those jobs were needed, or needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently... He starts knocking the house excuse me, about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out new, new wing here, putting on extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he was building a palace. He intends to come in 
and live in himself. I mean, you think about that, that a lot of times we, we, we say, okay, God, you can have control of my life, and we think we know what he's going to do. We know, well, this needs work, and that needs work, and God, you just clean up my life a little bit. He has bigger plans than that. He's planning to live inside of you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords wants dominion of your heart. That, that you won't just live for yourself, but you will live for God and you will do great things for God because you have the king living inside of you. He's going to do more in your life than you can imagine right now. And so he wants to come in. He wants to have his way. Leslie and I uh, don't agree on many TV shows to watch together, but kind of the, the channel we can go to and have some agreement on is HGTV. Because who doesn't love a house that is just horrible being transformed into something beautiful, right? I mean, it's just, it's, there are amazing transformations on all those different shows, and it's kind of, it's fun to watch, right? That 30 minutes, that 60 minutes, you know, uh, it's just amazing. But we know that it doesn't happen in 30 to 60 minutes, right? We know that that, that show was probably weeks or months or in some cases years in the making, like that, that took a lot of time, that took a lot of effort, that took a lot of work. Jesus is at work in our life, but I'm sorry to tell you it's not a quick work. It's an eternal work that he's doing inside of you, that he is ranging and doing what he needs to do. It's not condensed, it's not immediate. That's what we talk about Life has different seasons. You, I hear that a lot. I'm, I'm in this season of life. Seasons aren't quick. I don't know about you. I'm done with winter, right? I know. It's just like, it's cold. I'm done. But how many know winter's not done? In fact, it's going to keep going. Because the earth needs winter. Animals need this time to hibernate. And the ground needs this time to, to have things done underneath the surface that we don't even see, under, underneath the frost line, and, and the trees and the plants and everything needs this season, and it can't be sped up. It has to go this way because our whole world, our whole ecosystem needs this moment in time to keep everything working the way that it should. You're in a season of life. And you may be saying, I'm done with this season. <laughs> but that's not up to you. God will lead you and he will guide you if you give him dominion in your life. And he will change you and he will grow you and he will make you into something even greater than you could ever imagine. The transformation is going to be beautiful. But you have to wait on him. The season that you're in, you wait on him. The good news is, I don't know if you knew this or not, Jesus is a really good carpenter, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> he was a great carpenter, and he's a really good carpenter, and he's really doing a good thing because he takes broken things, and he makes them whole. He think, takes things that the world has thrown away, and he makes them beautiful. He gives us beauty for ashes. That's our Jesus. That's our God. It is his work. It is his way. And that's why we say, Jesus, you are the king. You're the king of this season in my life. You're the king of my whole life. You're the king of my heart. Rule and reign. He's given you a new heart. He wants to do a new work inside of you. We have to let him have his way. 
You won't have to fear anything. You won't lack anything. He'll be at work, and you may be like, I don't know how this project's going to get done. It's not up to you. It's up to him. And he says, I'm going to give you all that you need. When you make my kingdom number one, when you make my relationship with you number one, everything you need, you'll have. Write this down. Seeking first his kingdom is more important than anything else in the whole of your life. Seeking first his kingdom is more important than anything else in the whole of your life. His kingdom, his rule, his relationship, all those things. So what I'm asking you to do today is I know that we've been talking about this since the beginning of the year and I want you to make this verse your verse for this year. I'm going to ask you to give God this year. Like really give God this year. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to be worshiping in your house with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm, I'm going to go to small groups or conferences. I'm, I'm going to get involved, and God, I'm going to give you a year. And I know it's a little crazy right now, and, and it's been a crazy start. I get that. But as we keep moving through the year, I'm not going to get tired in this season. I'm going to, I'm going to sow this season, God, to you. I'm going to give you this moment in time. I'm going to give you my prayer. I'm going to give you time in the Word. I'm going to give you fasting. I'm going to give you... God, whatever you ask me to do in your word, as I read through the, the Gospels, as I look at the Sermon on the Mount, God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it because there's something about giving God time. There are some things that are immediate in our life. He can do an immediate miracle. We can come to church and sing the song and like all of a sudden we can sing, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus and also we feel that peace of God and it happens so quickly. But the big things God wants to do in your life, it's just going to take some time. And you've got to give God that time. And if there is one thing I've learned as we've begun this new year, is none of us know how much time we have. So I want to give God the time I have right now. Because I don't have tomorrow to give God. I have right now to give God. And I pray that we all live long, healthy, blessed lives. But we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Give God today. Give, him, give yourself to him right now. Say, God, you are the king of my heart. I'm not going to wait till someday down the road. Right now, God, I'm giving you this year right now. It's your kingship. It's your kingdom. It's my relationship with you. Life is too short. Don't wait. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? I'm just going to ask that we surrender fresh and new to God. We just give our lives over to him, to his kingdom. That we would walk not our way or the world's way or walk in sin or disobedience, but that we would repent, we would turn, and we begin walking in Jesus' direction. That we would shape our lives according to his word, and that as we make him king, and as we live in relationship with the king, he's going to provide all that we need for this season that we're in right now and the seasons to come. Give him your today and tomorrow and the next, whatever Life God has given you, whatever breath he's given you here on this earth, give it to him. I'm going to tell you, you will be thankful for eternity. Lord, we just surrender to you once again, fresh and new today. We say, Jesus, be the king of our heart. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. And so, God, we do that today. We bow our knee before you. We 
We give you our hearts and lives afresh and new. We turn from sin. We turn from disobedience. We turn from doing it our own way. We turn from the world that tosses us up and down. And we just go to you because we belong to you. You have put your name on us. We are in Christ. And God, I pray that as we make you the king and as we walk with you, God, that you would provide everything we need. We know you will because your promises are true. And kingdom principles always work. So God, we put our hope in you. There is nothing else more important, nothing else more important than seeking you, seeking your kingdom, putting you first. Thank you for this tremendous promise. We receive it today and this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Receive the word of the Lord. Make sure it finds good ground in your heart. Live it out. Don't just hear it. Live it. Uh, just to mention what Joel mentioned before, I am really looking forward to our uh, marriage seminar in a couple weeks, and we want to let you be a part of that. There's child care for the event, and you can sign up online. We do have a brand new website. It's phenomenal. You can go there, be encouraged. There's so many different things there that you can look at. Um, but right on the homepage is a registration form. Uh, we haven't figured out how to do the payments yet in our registration form, so you can just pay at the door. Um, and if you can't afford to come, you're going to come anyway. You're going to be blessed, so you just come anyway. But it's $20. It's in a couple weeks. It's all there on the website, right there on the homepage. Just scroll down and register. Let us know you're coming. And um, give, give a Saturday morning. Invest that Saturday morning, and it will have a lifetime return in your marriage. So that's good. Um, and invite friends to that, too. Maybe if you say, I'm not married, but we all have married friends. Invite some married friends. Even if they don't know to God, don't come to church. Did you know that marriage was actually God's idea? I don't think man would have come up with it, but it's God's idea. And so the principles work no matter who you are. And so invite whoever you want to to come to the conference. I know they will be blessed. If you want to go deeper into the message, we have the questions. Every week we have questions that go with the message. They're not right or wrong questions. They are just questions that make you think deeper about what was preached. And so you can take that with you. You can study it on your own. I prefer that you do it with your family or with a small group so that you can really dive into those questions and anything you need. Um, Joel's out in the lobby for you. Continue to pray for those that are sick among us because we're going to believe that they're going to be healed. We'll be full again soon. Um, and, and God's going to take care of all that we need. So uh, continue to pray. If you need prayer today, I'll just be down front. I have oil to anoint you. We lay hands on you and pray for you. So if you need that, come down for prayer. Um, but otherwise, make sure you fellowship with one another before you go. Um, we do. And again, it's completely up to you. But Church of Bethlehem had asked if, if we could wear masks after church. I said I'd be happy to do that. And I would mention it to you. But again, it's entirely up to you uh, after the service. Uh, but I just wanted to honor them personally uh, as pastor. And uh, they're guests in our house. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'll leave it up to you.